back everybody to quid prog quo the musical podcast where i introduce my friends loved ones and colleagues to progressive rock music and they get me to listen to well whatever they want and uh, we've got a returning guest this week we're very excited to have lee's back on here the quirky the wonderful the beautiful lee's uh and um we're gonna have a good time i think now just a little bit of a disclaimer about this episode is that um for some reason in Lisa's audio recording was less than stellar so you're gonna have a little bit of blips you're gonna have a little bit of uh, not pristine audio that we're used to for quid pro quo but um, the actual content itself is top shelf it's it's the good stuff I can at least guarantee that um, so we hope you will enjoy this week's episode um, and uh, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun we're we're introducing each other to some pretty quirky stuff um and i want to extend some big thanks to those who helped made this possible this whole podcast thing uh explosive ear candy for their track all together now which is the uh the soundtrack to our little show here um as well as only um I always want to say Alina, but it is definitely not Alina. Uh, it is Liana Osinski. Uh, as a Polak myself, I should be able to uh, get that last name. But Liana is the uh, artist for our graphics. So I want to extend a big thank you to Liana for giving us that wonderful graphic that we have. And I think that's enough uh, preamble no for this episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy and uh, we'll see you at the along. midway point. Welcome back, Lees, to the show. So glad that you can make it back. This is your third appearance. Uh, at this point, you're practically a uh, a recurring character. Um, Does that yeah, mean I get going? my own entrance music? Sure, I'll put in some entrance music. Yeah, why not? Yeah, all right. Get some fanfare in there. Absolutely. Throw in some horns. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the first two... Um, I know I, I I slam dunked when uh, I gave you Devin Townsend, and I think I I kind of fell out. I wouldn't say fell on my face, but I don't think I hit quite as hard with Rick Wakeman. No, I didn't enjoy that one as much as Devin Townsend because Devin Townsend I keep returning to, so he's hey. awakened something. Okay, well that's good because I used that as a jumping off point for this next album. Um, I. I wish I could say that, well, I actually have returned to Harry Styles because I've listened to his latest album um, and it was good. I mean, there were two or three songs off of that one that I returned to a few times. Um, 
Which one? Uh, do you, the do opening you like music, music from a sushi restaurant? Yeah, that's the that's the big one that I like from him. I also like uh, As It Was. Uh, those two tracks I really enjoy. Um, I listen to I the think... new... Mm-hmm. You go for it. This is all you. Okay. This is your episode. I listened to that album, and then I heard the first track, and then I immediately thought, if I was going to recommend you a Harry Styles song, it would be that one. It's a good song. It's a it really is. good song. It's got like it got it has a lot of the things that I love about music. So really enjoyed that. Um, but I actually enjoyed the Dead South a lot more. Um, it's kind of a shame what's come out of that. And I'm like, ah, oh, just as I was getting into them, turns out no. maybe some of the members aren't really all that great. And they're Canadian too, which is yeah, devastating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, luckily I had purchased uh, their live album just prior to the news falling out. So I, I am I have met my quota for their music. I wouldn't. I mean, hopefully they're they're able to get past this um, by distancing themselves with certain individuals and topics. And I think they still haven't really put out any kind of a um, a statement against it. Right. Like being like, hey, yeah, you know, anyway, that's a little besides the point. Uh, We're talking about the music that we're going to be giving each other today. Yes. Yes. Um, And hopefully both of our artists or bands don't have any skeletons in their closet. Um. I mean, no, no horrible ones, I don't think. Although I didn't do a Google search and I'm not too familiar with her life, which I'm I'm sure some people will find Ooh. crazy because she's very well known. So okay, okay. We're getting some clues. Um oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So uh yeah, tell I, I I'm ready. I'm ready. What what do you have in store for me today? Okay, so what I'd really like you to listen to is Halsey's Manic. You're going to have to spell that because this is the first time I've heard about this. Halsey, I think it's H-A-L-S-E. S- and the album, S-E. Uh-huh. And the album's name is Manic. Let me look it up here. Manic. I'm pretty sure if I put those in to some kind of a search engine, I'll be able to pull it up. Throw a Y on the end of that name. H-A-L-S-E-Y. E-Y. Perfect. Okay. So tell me a little bit about Halsey and Manic. What's uh, What was your prompt to send it my way? Well, I went on vacation recently and I knew this, uh, I did, and I knew this album had come out uh, back in 2020. So Ooh, I'm, a little, okay, okay. I'm a little late to this party. Um, it's okay. But I saw it and I thought, ah, oh, I, I meant to listen to this. So I grabbed it. And I was surprised by how good it was. I okay. was, I'm not a huge Halsey fan. I will preface mm-hmm. that, preface this right up front by saying I'm not a huge Halsey fan. But sure. this album, I think, converted me. I, I like her. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's good. Okay. What genre are we playing in? Is it pop? Is it R&B? Is it electronical? Is it death metal bluegrass? What do we got? Uh, she's definitely pop, I would say, with okay. a bit of... Um, like you know how uh, the trend is like sad pop. Sure, yeah. Sad pop music. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah, it's a, it's like a, like kind of like an emotional concept. 
no okay. problem. Okay, okay, okay. You can, it's, you can tell it's personal and she's been through some stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I, I remember, like, I think it was more 2021 rather than 2020 when I was getting more into that sad pop with, like, Olivia Rodrigo or Dua Lupa or, you know, I'm trying to think of anybody else um, that kind of had that without going straight into more of, like, the melancholical like, Americana stuff that would be more prevalent with like Lana Del Rey or later Taylor Swift. Um, So yeah, this sounds interesting. So it's, it's a kind of that like very personal concept album. Now, is it a breakup album? I think so. I I love a good breakup album. I feel like it is. Love Um, a good breakup album. And there is a mishmash. It's not all just one genre. I would just say the defining genre would be pop. Because there's definitely okay. like, okay. you know how Lady Gaga has that kind of one country song? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. So it's sort of like that. She has like pop, kind of like um, pop heavy. And then she has that kind of like one country song on there. Okay, okay, okay. You'll know it when you get there. You'll know when you get there. Sure, sure, sure. Well, that sounds interesting. Okay, so I will look that up. Um, Yeah. What do you got for me? Oh, I am excited for this. Um, Okay. So this is another album from 2020. So it's it's good that we are we are bringing out the 2020 vibes. Uh, I didn't think I'd (laughs) be looking forward to a 2020 vibes. but no, this was one that I recently found. And this was one of those albums that when I first heard it, I'm like, I need to show specific people this. Um, okay. And I think you'll really, really get a kick out of this one. It's also a little bit of a concept album. And unlike my first two that I gave to you, which were like very progressive rock, this one isn't. Um, this one is very not progressive rock at all. Um uh, so the album is called um, The Normal Album. The Normal Album, okay. And it is by it is by the artist of Will Wood. Will Wood, okay. Yeah, I, I've recently discovered Will Wood. He put out a new album a couple months ago, um, but it was this album that I just, I fell in love with. Um, it's, oh boy, how do I even... On the one hand, it's very like nerd rock, like okay. Jonathan Colton, um, a little bit like They Might Be Giants, um, like the Mountain Goats almost. Um, in terms of expression, in terms of like very thoughtful, very like there's a lot of different layers in it. Uh, very similar actually to Bo Burnham. Um, I think. Do you know, um, I believe it's Bill Worst. Um, he was the one that did like the history of Japan in like 19 minutes and then the history of everything in like 23 minutes or a half hour. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. So it's kind of like that kind of a quirky style, like very fast paced at times. Okay. Um, and I, I, I don't want to say too much more because like a lot the overall concept, the overall themes, 
uh, is something that I really want to dig into in the second half of the episode um, because he uses a specific style of music to really drive home the the concept. And I've just I've been really craving talking to somebody about this album um, because it's it's going to get deep. It's going to get really deep. It's heavy. It's heavy stuff. So I'm sure you're you're ready for that journey. I'm ready. I really, really like listening to what you recommend. Thanks. I've been excited about, uh, about, you know what? Like I just kind of made up my mind on this today because it was the most recent thing that I listened to that I felt like I could go back and listen to the album four or five times. And there was something there for me to talk about, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but I've been looking forward to your recommendation a lot more. Okay. You always okay. you always give interesting stuff. So okay, I hope you like this one. Uh, it's definitely out in left field, okay. very much so. It's very very in left field. Uh, but I haven't been able to like this is one album that I keep coming back to, um, even though I've been listening to way too much this year. So yeah, it's got stay power. Okay. Cool. Well, I will go listen to Halsley. And uh, you will have some fun with Will Wood. I definitely will. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh boy. Uh, it's going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? <laughs> probably. 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 All right. I will see you back here soon. Okay. Bye. Because I know the future is on our side. And with that, Lise and I go into our respective little hovels uh, to enjoy each other's music. I will listen to Helsey, um, and she will listen to Will Wood. Now, it's no surprise, it's no uh, secret that um, these were recorded all throughout 2021 and 2022, um, and being, you know... Uh, unearthed for the 2023 listening experience i completely forgot all about Halsey. you know i had to listen to this episode's uh, audio to remind myself what um what lees had given me so that's a little bit of a um i guess a spoiler for how i actually felt about this album i just completely forgot about it and we'll find out what lees thinks about will wood with the normal album uh very excited to hear that um and I hope you guys enjoy it. Now, as you know, with any episode that Lee's is on, this one's a little bit, a little bit long. You know, we we cover some pretty deep topics, some pretty deep uh, context. Uh, so we hope that you enjoy this one. You know, this one isn't just like a surface level musical analysis. We actually get pretty personal in this one. So we hope that you enjoy that. Um, and I think that's about it. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are enjoying season two. Uh, the next episode will be released next month. Just as a reminder that season two is uploaded once a month. We hope you will enjoy that. Um, you know, we want to get you hungry. You know, we don't want, we don't want gluttons for content here. It's, it's once in a while, you know, that little, little treat that uh, comes up every once in a while. So that's enough for me yammering on. Once again, I want to thank Explosive Ear Candy for their track all together now and Leanna Osinski uh, for her beautiful graphic. And uh, I want to thank you for tuning in and following us along for season two. I know it's a little, uh, you know, 
content is still the same, but the upload schedule is a little different just to help manage expectations and manage my workload uh, because I've got a lot more going on. Uh, check out my other podcast, The Metal Head. Uh, it's a meditative podcast about metal music, uh, as well as the IP address. It's all copyright and intellectual property and all that fun stuff. Uh, and you can also catch me on YouTube at Notes Reviews. And if you want to engage in chats, uh, you know, this is the whole uh, social media. If you want to engage and do all that fun stuff, um, you know, you can engage with me at Notes Reviews. You can engage with the Metalhead at uh, Metalhead Pod. Uh, on Twitter. And you can also engage on uh, this uh, little podcast if you want to, you know, skip the middleman and go straight to the source. Uh, it's Prog Quo, I believe it is. Uh, Prog Quo at Twitter. Um, and we're also on Instagram. I think it's all the same. Uh, I mean, if you just search for it, we're all adults here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Let's dive back in, find out what Lee's thought about Will Wood and what I thought about Helsey. Let's dive back in. The future's on our side. All right. Okay. 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 So what did you think? What did you think? Tell, tell me about it. I really liked it. It was yeah. really good. Right? Yeah. It was almost like if, um, if mental illness had a conversation with suburban doo-wop. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all, it, it feels very like, it's really funny because I actually just went to um, a doo-wop concert, kind of like where they're covering oh. hits from the 50s and 60s, like a cover mm -hmm. band concert. Mm -hmm. um, it was just like a free thing in the area, so I went. Yeah. And it feels like this is a direct kind of conversation with that, like the veneer of kind of normality and mm -hmm. happy family and all one way of being which is seems to be a theme in this yeah that um that era of music and that era of time represents to a lot of people is pretty much just um stripped away and and the under the the there's some dark kind of undertones in there that are pretty much pushed out the further you go into the album like ooh, it's so good yeah anyway, sorry yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's that's what this is all about. I wanted to get your takes on it. Um, and yeah, that's part of the reason why I love this album so much. It utilizes that like 1940s and 50s, kind of like that feel good, everything is fine, kind of happy days, you know, uh, expression of music, um, but uses that as the conveyor of, hey, maybe these are all masking coping mechanisms for mental illness that we, we that we just will never talk about and they were never good coping mechanisms because no. uh which song which track is it but it's one of the tracks towards the end where he directly says you know oh like um in the lyric it's like oh you know in my day you, we we just drank our problems away instead and that was that was far better and yeah that's that's one of my favorite tracks off of the whole mm -hmm. album which is uh marcia thank you uh, yes thank you for the dialects but you need to leave um yes. which is just it's so perfect and honestly i've been having i've been having a few conversations with my dad where he's 
very much like, well, back in my day, we just kept our stiff upper lip and we just, we didn't have all these fancy things that people have today. And people are weak because of that. And I'm like, people were dying when you were a kid, like they were drinking themselves to death. They were slitting their like wrists in the bathtub, which is essentially, you know, that's what this song was all about. It's like, yeah, we didn't have pills or therapies. We just drank ourselves to death or slit our wrists in the bathtub. I've been worried that you're losing yourself. So how many milligrams of you are still left in there? We never sought out help or expressed ourselves or or um and it, it kind of it kind of brings up that idea of like what really is normal right absolutely yeah which is one yeah. of the things i think of it's always at the back of my mind when i hear music from that era is mm-hmm. all the things that it's saying on the surface and then every single thing that it's not expressing like i always mm-hmm. think about how uh, all the songs are very like um uh, sweet and chaste because they didn't talk openly about sexuality. Yep. How everything is very hetero because mm-hmm. there's no uh, real mention of homosexuality, same-sex yep. attraction. It's all it all has to stay buried. It's got um, to stay buried. No, yep. No racism. There's no minority voices because we don't want those people in our backyard. Not in my backyard. Yeah, and I mean, even the music itself was segregated, right? Like, they were all in Motown, they were all in the jazz scene, and you kept over there, and we'll keep over there, you know? The whole equal but separate kind of an ideology, and it's just like, wow, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I really, really do appreciate and love about this album is how it deals with mental illness, especially in the whole normal. Um, because like I spent five years studying clinical psychology. And one of the things that we constantly had to remind ourselves and new students coming in was twofold one there's really no such thing as normal and there's no such thing as crazy like and those two go hand in hand because if you're not normal you're different and if you're different there's something wrong with you and that was the purveying thought for so long especially within that very white suburban area and that conflict that you have right yeah and i really think that song um what here let me find the name of it well better than the alternative Mm -hmm. and i mean myself the two kind of middle tracks on the album yeah where he's sort of directly talking about like oh if i express all of these things that i that i feel externally are not normal because society tells me they're not will i still Mm -hmm. be pretty and attractive to you and I don't know if this is just me but I almost feel like there's an element of like like maybe I'm reading too much into this but gender fluidity in there like Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like he because he he talks about feminine right he talks about that he references that kind of in the music like he wants to embrace maybe a more feminine side of himself but Mm -hmm. knows that it's not 
socially yeah. acceptable to do so and yeah. fears the judgment of mm-hmm. the of doo-wop i'm gonna call it doo-wop suburbia yeah, absolutely yeah it's a great nomaker for it yeah yeah um and this might have just been part of the conversation that we had previous to this because you know i was talking about my own gender fluidity and being gender fluid myself um and how that's you know how that is the journey that i'm on currently um reading into that you know i could see the beginning struggles that i had with trying to um incorporate this aspect of myself when society is telling me that it's like a impossible and b doesn't work right like right from the beginning and i've done a little bit of research about this uh specifically with the track of uh i me myself the fourth track um Mm -hmm. where he keeps saying you know i want to be the girl i want to be the girlfriend boyfriend um the, the and, two dual sides of that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And the one that really hit me hard was maybe I'll, if I identify more as a woman, if I identify more as a girl, will I finally be pretty enough to die? You know, and it's like, yeah. And it's such a charged statement in, you know, fear of violence against women, fear of accepting yourself for who you actually are and how society will reject you for that and like literally kill you for it and yeah it's just so charged in that sense just with like that very quick song that's you know barely five minutes long yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i i love those ones um yeah yeah i just the more i listen to it the more i get out of it um and yeah i know he he touches on a lot of and really dissects, you know, what is the stereotypical normal, you know, the normal rhetoric that we've been shoved down our throats since we were kids. And yeah, the more you think about it, the more you're like, well, that's really screwed up. Like that is really screwed up, you know, it like really this, is. yeah. And you know, that's, that's really coming into a head within the, again, the Mar- uh, Marsha, thank you for the dialects um where it's frowned upon for trying to seek help yeah you know and i as somebody that has a a very long history of going to therapists going to um psychiatrists and psychologists um it's so so interesting for me to have it so spelled out where, you know, there's this shame and the shame is still prevalent today of, you know, it's getting better, but we're still getting pushbacks. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's sort of like, I think it's one of those things where everybody says in a very like helpful and, you know, um, positive tone, Oh, you know, well, you should go seek therapy. You should, but then it's kind of like, there is still that judgment attached to it. Yeah, like, like when, when you're, you're open about that with other people, right? Yeah, well, and, and a lot of it is even so subtle, you know, and it's like, if you see somebody on the street that's like yelling or cursing or like, you know, kind of lost in the sauce or whatnot, it's always like, oh, that person needs help. Oh, that person's sick, right? It's like, you almost dehumanize them by saying those things. And yet they, A, they are human. 
And B, there should be no shame in trying to seek help. So when you're starting to face challenges within your own life, that's causing you so much stress or even trying to dismantle some of the um, ill-equipped kind of aspects of yourself that don't work and never worked, going to seek help has that same kind of stigma of, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, I'm no longer a human or whatever when like, that's part of the human condition. Yeah. And when you think of like therapy in pop culture, in TV and movies and stuff, who do you always see seeking help? You see the incredibly sick or the incredibly posh Mm -hmm. who, Mm -hmm. who talk about, Oh, my therapist says, and you're supposed to kind of roll your eyes at this person and be like, they don't come on yeah they don't need therapy it, look at them it discredits it yes you, know? you don't and really see like a normal person going through that and then just kind of live in their life and it's mm-hmm. just a part of their normal routine yeah I, I do want to challenge you though with the whole normal aspect like the normal person right yeah, I know. We just talked about that, and here we I just am. Talk, there is no such thing. No, uh, you know what I I, I want to mean. Like, you know what I mean. Everybody knows what everybody means, and you say normal, but it's like there's this. But that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. When people say normal or the everyday man, right? You're thinking of a per like a hypothetical non-existent person, and I, even in that sense, there are certain stigmas of this non-existent hypothetical person that comes with that i know that has an average guy even right? though i'm a woman average right? guy yeah you're um, probably thinking upper middle class he's a white you're probably dude. thinking white he you're has also a nine prob- to five job nine he's to five a clerical job. type white collar guy also thinking relatively thin yeah well. i am yep you know and there are so many stigmas around that because if you don't fit in that precise box there's something wrong with you and it's but it's like it's so ingrained in you to construct Mm -hmm. that as normal Mm -hmm. when it really isn't normal at all it's just a particular slice of the pie slice of the pie of life yeah oh god yeah there's yeah so that hypothetical (laughs) hypothetical person doesn't actually exist you know i mean like there are a lot of people that fit into that box but even those people still need help. They exist, but they're just not the, they shouldn't be the the standard basis by which we judge. They're not the human yardstick. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I, oh man, this gets into a huge, huge conversation that I'm just going to breeze past. You know, we're going to look at it as we're going, like we're, we're going down the highway. We're just going to look past it. But even within psychology studies, of creating the baseline for human behavior, right? We're looking at studies that are conducted basically from the 1930s all the way up to probably the turn of the century, like the 2010s, right? Predominantly all of them, you know, there's always going to be outliers, but predominantly all of them were administered to first-year psychology students. And who predominantly fits that category 
Oh, that's some white straight dudes with money. Yes, it is. So our baseline for a lot of psychological like standings for what we consider to be, and I'm using very large air quotes here, normal was conducted around these individuals. So when we were talking about like different therapeutic um, techniques, when we're talking about, um, you know, what uh, works and doesn't work, generally that's the pool that people are drawing from. So that in and of itself is extremely dangerous. And again, that's going to be, that's just, we're just looking at it as we're driving by, you know, that is something that we're being conscious of when we're talking about, uh, you know, prescription medications, when we're talking about therapeutic techniques, when we're talking about psychological examinations, I'm just going to look at that. And we're going to keep driving by uh, because that on. that is a huge can of worms that um, I don't think we have time or the scope uh, within this podcast to deal with. No. no, but it shows how good this album is that it can kind mm-hmm. of touch on all those topics and open up a conversation right away. Cause it's really obvious immediately what it's trying, where he's trying mm-hmm. to go with this. Yeah. It's not subtle. No, nope. really not subtle, but it is much better because, you know, um, I would say it's like, it's like doo-wop punk. If that makes any sense, like the doo-wops there, but there's also like those dark, there's some dark stuff. There's a little grind, it gets a little grungier towards the end. Yeah. Places. I mean, it, it's very funny because when you say doo-wop punk, the first thing that I think of is, well, that's just ska, <laughs> if you think about it. Um, and there are moments on this album that definitely have that, but it is. It's, it's you know, very abrasive. It has that aggressive, politically charged, very taking a stand aspect of punk, but presenting it through the media of a doo-wop. Um, and yeah, that's part of the reason why I particularly love this. Um, Again, I can talk so much more about this, but I do want to know, are there any tracks on here that you like standout tracks, ones that you really, really loved? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I liked Well Better Than The Alternative. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. I liked I Me Myself. Um, and I liked uh, Marsha, Thank You For The Dialectics But I Need You To Leave and Love Me Normally. Yeah. Were my favorite tracks, I would say. Yeah, I mean, that is pretty much half of the album, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Memento Mori, I, Memento Mori is, is, is good, but it's so... It's, it's very relentlessly depressing, I found. Yeah, and that was kind of the secondary theme of this album, which is we're all going to die. Yes. Because that, that concept does come up quite like regularly i don't know if that's the proper way to put it but it comes up quite often on this album with our you know we're going to die and how are we going to do that you know will it be the mental illnesses that we've been carrying with us is it the um you know our husbands that don't know how to manage their anger are they finally going to snap and take us out you know is it going to be all these different things and I think the prevailing issue is why are we so hung up about being normal when we're all going to die anyway? Yeah. For me, it's like, it's like a, it's like a kick at the end. Like it's almost kicking you down, but it's like, we're all going to die. So how are you going to live? It's kind of like the, the parentheses. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it reminds me of um, the main message that came from the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, have you seen it? I Isn't that a book? I don't, it might be, but it was a movie. It was um, like A24, the company house that did that. Okay, I didn't see it, but I just thought the, the title sounds familiar. Oh. Anyway, um, describe, describe. the long and short of it is um basically it's it's very like life has no meaning life the universe and everything is meaningless and how we interpret that statement tells you a lot about who you are and how you want to shape your life that either means everything is hopeless we might as well just give up and stop trying and just destroy everything but the other flip side of that is we might as well enjoy it to the maximum. We might as well give it meaning. We might as well build something beautiful out of that then. You know, if life itself has no meaning, let's create meaning out of it. And I feel like the, like this album is kind of saying very similar things. Uh, like if we're all going to die, why are we spending all of our energies covering up what makes us special? Because there was a song on here as well that was saying um, when everybody's special, nobody is. And, you know, and so I think if we kind of embrace that and like shove off all these stigmas and all these things, basically holding us down from being who we actually are and who we should be, um, life can be a lot more beautiful, you know? And it's almost like, but it's almost like suburbia itself needs to kind of shift. Oh, absolutely. I mean, suburbia itself is not sustainable. Well, you know, like even the opening song, he sort of, he sort of sets up the framing for you, like talking about how, um, you know, each part of the house is a different body part mm-hmm. and and it then it feels like okay you're confined in this it's it's a confining thing mm-hmm. and everyone knows your business mm-hmm. 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 right and the thing that i really like is the second half of the first song when he starts talking about culture and what is the white suburban culture Like, does it actually exist? And there have been a lot of people that say that it actually doesn't exist because culture is something that is passed down. It is something that grows organically based on a collective narrative of a history. And suburbia was artificial from the get-go. The main reason why suburbia was created was to get out of the hustle and bustle of the downtown city but still wanting to have an attachment to it because of your work and your lifestyle, but not living there because, oh, there are certain people there that we do not want to be associated with. Well, it's constructed primarily as a reaction against, mm-hmm. not a, um, like a reaction. That, that's what it's, sorry, Fred's just kind of jumping around here. But it's a reaction against, not like a, a establishment of something. It's an establishment. Yeah. Of, uh, I, I kind of, I'm kind of flubbing it here, but it's an establishment of something new and a reaction against. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. At the same time. Yeah. 
Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's artificial. It's something that, and I mean, it's hard to parse out because I mean, everything that we create in some ways isn't artificial, but like it's artificial in the fact that as you mentioned, it's a reaction, it's reactionary rather than it growing organically. Well, it's a, it's about a, a pre somebody else's prepackaged vision of what would make the ideal life for mm-hmm. a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And heaven forbid, if you don't fit into that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just cut off all the parts that aren't, that, you know, aren't important or socially acceptable as, mm-hmm. as deemed by society, put them in a box and uh, yeah, just uh, open up a can of um, this is sparkling water, but you know, beer yeah. or whatever. And just, yep. just, Drown those Just sorrows, man. Drown those sorrows. Yeah. yeah as yeah. as the uh the track uh Marsha, thank you for the dialects. Yeah. You know, that's just how we dealt with it back when. We just drank ourselves to death. Yeah, yeah. 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 So much simpler, you know, stiff upper lip, drink yourself to death. There's a line in there too about um about how he writes lyrics and it's not his first lyric. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he deli- I, I just like the way he plays with um he plays with some of the lyrics where he doesn't deliberately doesn't rhyme things or does mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it's a like i i love this album because it's it's almost like an art piece in that sense yeah. as well you know uh because we're not even we're talking about all the social issues that the music itself is bringing up but we're not even really talking about the music itself because we we kind of we've recognized it's it's so familiar you know immediately what it's trying to do Mm-hmm. But to do that and then not sound derivative is something really difficult, I think, especially for yeah. doo-wop stuff, because it's mm-hmm. so easy to be like, oh, yeah, like, um, like this sounds, this, uh, what was that? There's a, there's a, a group, they're popular in the 90s. Okay. Zits, um, they did the song Zoot Zoot Riot, which I think, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh song? come to me in a second. Oh yeah, I know Zoot Suit Riot. Zoot. Yeah. Yeah, because you listen to that song. I think it's from the 90s. But it immediately like it's a great song. It puts you back in that kind of big band yeah, era. It's it's the the cherry pop and dandies. But Which, I would oh, wait, I wait. would never know who they were. I don't know any of their other songs and mm-hmm. it, more importantly, I wouldn't be able to pick them out of a lineup of big bands necessarily. <laughs> if you put them not, yeah. not to, not to necessarily say that's a good, bad, whatever thing. And it, maybe I just don't know enough of their music, but he's very distinct. I, mm-hmm. if you put him with other, I would immediately be like, Nope, that's, that's definitely contemporary sounds contemporary is addressing contemporary topics using this type of music, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. some, taking notes from this type of music and having a conversation back with that era, almost to be like, well, actually, was it so great? Was it really as good as you remember? Take off those rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I love how, if we're talking specifically about the music, how engaging the music is. Yeah. Like it's, it's so charged. It's so fast paced uh, and it's so tight. Uh, I just, I specifically love, I mean, I, I keep going back to it. Uh, Marsha, thank you for the dialects as well as love me normally. Yeah. Like I just, I love how 
beautiful those two tracks are, how fast paced, how witty it is. Um, specifically, again, just looking at the music itself um, and be able to, being able to do that while still providing such a charged message is incredible. Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't feel like, you know, sometimes you get music that the message is so strong that you kind of feel like it's, it's preaching to you. And yes, you're, you're absorbing the message, but it's not necessarily an enjoyable listening experience or one that you would, you would put on repeat because it's such a bop. Yeah. This stuff, all this stuff, all bops, even Memento Mori has some, some good lines in there. There's, Mm -hmm. there's some interesting lyrics in there that I could re-listen to. Like I, I could listen to this again and enjoy listening to it without necessarily thinking too too much i can turn off my brain for for parts of it right absolutely yeah and that's part of the reason why i keep coming back to this record you know like if it were very um lyrically charged and had that very poignant message i would give it like a handful of spins but it wouldn't have that same kind of playback value it would yeah. just be like, oh yeah, that was a great album. I probably won't listen to it again because the music was so so. Uh, but this, the music is top notch. I could see like, I could see swing dancing to this. I could see, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if if you know, you could put that on. People were in the mood. They were dancing. They they would they dance to it. They wouldn't think too hard about the lyrics. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we better move on to the other album. Uh, I think we've, uh, we we can continue milking this one, and I know that there's a lot to say about it, but I do think that we should probably shift gears and uh, you know talk about the album that you had me listen to, Manic. Yes. Uh, so your reaction? Um, I this is a bit of a mixed grab bag for me. Um. And I, I've made notes throughout. Um, there's a few things that I really particularly like about this album. I, I really like the use of, I want to, when I say found art, do you know what I mean? Uh, like the style, I mean, the style of, of found art? Like you've taken something that maybe wouldn't necessarily be considered artistic, but you presented it in a way that, or framed it in a way that is... Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. Found art is a type of art where basically you found it out in the world and you are now either, you either change just a little bit, but you're still trying to preserve it as um, authentically as possible of like, yes, this was something that was out in the world and it is now art, right? The most famous one is when the guy basically took the ur- urinal, put it, into the art installation and said this is art oh cool i was gonna ask if it was the toilet okay it's yeah, the it's toilet the, that's that's the there most famous one right the toilet. um so what i particularly love because uh, like I, i've heard a lot of albums have these kinds of like s- interview styled found art interlaced within the albums uh, mm-hmm. The most recognizable and the most notable one would be like Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, where you have a lot of people just having these kind of like conversations uh, sprinkled throughout, you know, like I've been mad for effing years. Um, uh, just give them the short, sharp shock and you'll dig it, right? Like there's there's all these small, almost interviews with people 
that are just interlaced throughout the album. Um, and this album is the first one that I've heard where they actually have like clips from movies interlaced within it. And I thought that yeah. was very interesting because I hadn't really heard too many of those in this setting, like in very popular music. Like obviously you have sampling, which takes other music and puts it in, but like actual clips from movies. Um, like I believe the first track has a line and I don't know if it was from uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or if it was from like Lost in Translation or one of those like very uh, indie thought provoking kind of movies where it's like, you know, I'm just uh, a messed up girl. Um, looking for her own peace of mind. Don't assign Looking for me her yours. own peace of mind. Don't try to make me into something that I'm not. Yeah. Right. Like that was the purveying message of a lot of those movies. Um, the other one that I particularly loved was on um, uh, Killing Boys, which sampled Jennifer's body, yes. um, where it's basically like, um, you know, I'm not killing people, I'm killing boys, yes. you know, um, and that is just, I remember when I saw, like, saw that clip and it was just so, I don't know, maybe it was like where I was at the time, but it just distilled so much just within that one line. You know, I'm not killing people. I'm killing boys. Like that's so powerful. You know, yep. they're not people. Yep. They're not humans. It's, it's almost a flipping the script on its head. You know? Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I loved when they were um, like recontextualizing those in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um so I really particularly like that. I really, really enjoyed that. I thought that was really, really special and really fun. Um, but it is a little bit of a mixed grab bag in terms of style. Like I felt like she was really wandering the landscape to try to find her own voice because I'm like, okay, well, I can hear, you know, Lady Gaga here. I can hear Taylor Swift here. I can hear yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen here. Like she's definitely wearing her influences on her sleeve. And in some cases that's like, I enjoy that. I mean, I'm a fan of progressive rock, modern progressive rock. That's all it is nowadays. But I, at no point did I ever feel like she really solidly found her own voice. If you know what I mean? I know what you mean. You know, um, there is a lot on that album that kind of does sound like other popular artists. I get strong Lady Gaga vibes from this album, especially because she has that one song that is kind of a country song. It reminds me so much of of the exact thing that Lady Gaga wanted to do. But I mm-hmm. think some of the songs are kind of interesting enough that they stand out on their own. And I kind of sure. wish they'd they'd receive maybe a little more playing attention. I think um, the breakout single or the breakout hit from this, I don't like at all. Okay. Okay. So I'd be I interested to hear your thoughts I on said, that one. I, I wouldn't have pegged that one to be the main sig- sig- right? single. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's so much more generic than the other songs. I mean, that my... makes, I mean, it makes sense in terms of why it was chosen because it's a generic, you know, kind of pop bop. Um, you can't see, but Lisa's making a face. Um, but like, it makes sense. 
it makes sense of why it was chosen in terms of like a purely marketing sense, like in terms of a purely looking at it from a producer's point of view. Um, it makes she, perfect sense. She even puts the clip of the producer talking about how successful she is and how much of a, a jam this or success this is going to be before the song. So you, I get the sense from that, that she's pretty self-aware about what the song is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That was just my take on that. No, no, that makes sense. I, I just felt like the first handful of tracks, you mm-hmm. know, like the first, I'd say about three, two or three, like Ashley, Clementine and Graveyard, they're all fine, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really until like forever is a long yeah. time that it really started to pick up for me. Uh, and I loved uh, Dominic's interlude. I loved the uh, more Beatles flavoring on there, like some of their more psychedelic stuff from like Sgt. Pepper's or uh, Rubber Soul. Um, really liked those ones, um, especially like, it, and it kind of continues on with 3AM. Uh, 3AM reminds me of like a, a 90s, bop from something that we would have heard from i don't know like alanis morissette maybe or um maybe even a little bit of like no doubt uh and gwen stefani well there is um, a song on here called alanis's interludes so right sure and alanis, intentional. And it's funny. It, well alanis morissette is featured on that that is uh her interlude but i don't know i didn't like that one quite as much um and even like when i went into like even though i was praising killing boys um i, I don't know i felt like after after fin- uh finally slash beautiful stranger mm-hmm. i felt like the album just kind of dipped for me um which is shame, a shame because we got Suga, uh, Suga's interlude, which legit features Suga and BTS. Like how she was able to get BTS, I'll never know. Like that. Because she's she's famous, Michael. I guess, I guess. And she's so famous, Michael. How do she's you so famous, not know? Apparently. I don't know. This is, like I said, this is the first time I've heard of her. Even though yeah. I have a feeling I have heard this track before, like I've heard this album before, but like it didn't have any stay power. And it, yeah. it, it is kind of the risk you run when you're dealing with this type of pop music is that it reminds me of Juicy Fruit. You know, like the first listen or two is very lush, very vibrant, very fun. But then after you've gotten the flavor out of a juicy fruit, after about the first five minutes, you're basically just playing with Play-Doh. You're just playing with like a uh, plaster scene in your mouth. Like there's no real stay power. Uh, I don't know. I think some of those are pretty good. I, I, I'm, I know I'm generalizing. I'm definitely uh. generalizing. But, and as, as I mentioned, you should be sad forever. Dominic's interlude. I hate everybody. Three AM. Even a little extent of without me. I thought was kind of fun. Uh, and finally, slash beautiful stranger. Those tracks I really enjoyed. Uh, even though without me, again, pretty generic. Um, but and maybe it was just more of the influences that came through with those tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, like you should stay feels like my favorite era of Taylor Swift. 
Um, you know, like I'm getting that fun, vibrant aspect from her Red and 1984 album. Um, and I love with Forever how it kind of continues that, but it has a lot more of that like independent artist flavor to it. You know, yeah. like it has that more nasally approach to singing styles that like Lord would use a lot. Um, yeah, I think one of the things she said about this album was she just sort of did whatever she wanted for each of this, and it kind it does kind of show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I when a grab bag album is done well, it can be a really really fun time because you're not limiting yourself to any one genre. You're not limiting yourself to any one expression. I just think because, at least for me, I can almost pinpoint where the influences came from it, it i would much rather just go and listen to the influences than stick around with this album yeah. um but i still I had a really interesting i still had a really interesting time you know like i i love uh those tracks i i have already mentioned um and uh yeah yeah it was it was it was a good time all things considered i just think some of the lyrics are really really particularly good okay 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 like i think some of the writing is better than maybe uh i'll see now i'm gonna remember the tracks oh no um, like you don't even have to remember the tracks like the lyrics that kind of stood out there's there's the one where she's kind of like she has that um that lyric that she repeats but she's okay. sort of she's singing it but she's sort of screaming it kind of as well and she layers okay. the two over top of each other. I mean, while you're looking for that, I still like enjoyed some of the blending of the styles. Um, specifically when within like I Hate Everybody. Yeah, like, I like it, that one too. It kind of reminds me of like, especially specifically in the singing styles, I'm getting flavors of like, again, I keep going back to Taylor Swift, but she's the easiest one to go back to. Um but presented in a track that I don't know, like uh, like a mid 2010s would showcase, you know, like um, something that like maybe um, maybe even like a Katy Perry would try. Yeah. Um, like a very big sound at times, but also not afraid to go quite small and kind of playing around with that a little bit. Um, oh, wow. Katy Perry. No, see, you, okay, you... this isn't. Well, again, maybe I just haven't listened to enough Katy Perry. I kind of. I know we don't drag people, but I kind of. Oh, are you going to drag Katy? Uh, I don't know. Maybe am I, Is that going to offend you? Go, hey, you do you. This is your show. What do you want to do? No, no, this is not. This is no. I'm a guest here on your show. Sure. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, do you have some beef? Um, with Katy specifically, I mean, I just I don't like her music that much. Is that it? You just don't like her music? I can say other things. Well, <laughs> what is it? Now I want to know. I gotta find her vapid and overproduced, okay? That's it. I mean, that's Vapid. Fair. Va- yeah. vapid. I'm sure yeah. I'm going to sound vapid yeah. myself. I mean, I, I don't want to be a Katy Perry stan by any stretch. I mean, I, I don't think I've sat down and listened to an entire album of hers. Um, but I think you can also apply that to pop music in general. I don't know i kind of like um i kind of think depends on the, the depends on the artist i would say okay 
Um, and I maybe maybe I should have given you something. I did have something different in mind, but then I listened to this album really recently, and I was like, no, I kind of know. I kind of know what I'm thinking about. And I did no, find the track. Fine. It's it's Clementine. Clementine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, second track. Yes. Yeah. And it was fun. Like that is one thing that I can at least say about this album from start to finish. At least it was fun. You know, like even though she's dealing with quite a bit of like the heavier concepts uh, and heavier topics, the music itself and her inflections within the voice are always engaging and fun. And I mean, I'm, I made that point about the lyrics being good, but then if I can't think of a single lyric off the top of my head, how good was it? <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to put you on a spot that was a little bit of a test on my part, just to, you no, know, you, back you up. Can't secret, you can't secretly test me. You're supposed to call, you're just supposed <laughs> to say stuff like, hey. I, I am here to lift my, my guest up. You know, I am here to provide them the platform to say what they want to say. No, come uh, on. This is supposed to be a dialogue. Come on, come on, uh, <laughs> music Socrates. Apply your, apply your musically educating ways. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. So, no, in the end, I still had a really good time with this album. I, I don't know if I would be returning to it anytime soon, unfortunately. Um, but it provided a really fun listen. I like yeah. the part. Okay, so I can tell you specifically what I liked. And I okay, like the part do. in Clementine where she is screaming, I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone. Or just need everyone and then some. Oh, and I actually wrote, I wrote that lyric down and I said, this is contrived. And what is she actually trying to say? I'm so sorry. <laughs> really? <laughs> so oh, see, yeah, I, I put, I put the lyrics are a bit of a mess. I don't need anyone. I just need everyone. And then some. Yeah. And I, it reminded me, do you know the the uh, production of Star Kids? Uh, they yeah. were the ones that did like a very Potter musical way back in the day. Um, they, oh, okay. Yes. Then yes. Yeah. They did a production called uh, Twisted, which was the untold story of Jafar, a royal vizier. Um, and Jasmine has a song in that one, which essentially was saying almost the same thing, but in a comedic way uh basically saying i want everything and more i want the moon i want to be able to eat the moon don't tell me it's impossible that's what i want and it was basically kind of shining a light of saying jasmine's only like 16 17 years old in many respects she's still a child um oh see you know? I oh no see what I, I read that I read that completely different okay 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 lyric, no go oh, for no. it go for it well I listened to that lyric and I was kind of like this is an expression of a deeply insecure person that's what okay. I thought because yeah. I don't need anyone I don't need anyone I just need everyone and then some so she's like she's rejecting she's rejecting this is the story she's telling herself but the actual truth is the, the last part. And okay. normally I wouldn't maybe read that deep into it because mm -hmm. you're right on its own um, as a statement without anything backing it up. It, it's kind mm -hmm. of, yeah, it's meaningless. But when you have her singing in that tone where she's like, very pretty, I don't need anyone, I want to some. But then underneath that is layered 
screaming. She's screaming the lyric. So okay, it's like okay. the top, the the pretty, the pretty voice is the rational, like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'm fine, I'm fine. And then the the insecure that's kind of underlaced. I just thought that part was interesting. No, that's really good. You know, that's a great interpretation of it. Um, I actually, from Clementine, I did write my favorite lyric uh, from that track, which was, my face is full of spider webs. Um, yeah. I thought that was very charged. Like, I really like that imagery and like, I need to get it off. It's very sticky. It's alien. I don't like it. What does it mean? Um, I just, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of wish that there was something else to kind of back up some of these ideas. Um, but it was still I mean, very interesting. I don't know. Well, see, and now I'm like, I'm kind of like going back. This is my memory of the album when I listened mm-hmm. to it like a few weeks prior. So I mm-hmm. kind of wish I'd given it a re-listen maybe before asking you to listen to it, but. No, uh, I, 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 I like th- I said, I still had a really fun time with it. Well, I kind of think that maybe it doesn't hang together as well as I thought when I first listened to it. I don't, I don't want you to leave here with your, your faith shook from this album. Like if you had a good time with this album, I, 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 I'm, I'm just based on the, the nature of this podcast. I I go in with like, Oh, what can I talk about? How can I, Oh no, no. What do I like? Right. So I don't mean to like pick it apart. It's no, don't worry. I'm not, I'm not shook at all. This isn't like, she's not a ride or die artist for me. She's mm-hmm. I've my only exposure to her ever was the singles on the radio, which I never really particularly enjoyed. And then I listened to this and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I, I understand why people might like her. I get it. Cause I never I didn't get it before. I was like, yeah, she's kind of bland and interchangeable. She could be Lord, she could be pretty much anyone. And then I listened to this and I was like, no, oh, no, she got some stuff. There's some stuff there. Yeah. So I'm not coming in as like a stand. I genuinely wanted to know what you thought because okay. I was kind of like, I like, I really liked the first, I would say up to, up to about, I like Dominic's interlude up to about there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I hate everybody. And then a few of these, like there's that country song that's kind of a miss for me. And then some of these towards the end, like I, I admit that it loses steam. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. except that I did like the last track where she, she talks about kind of like her success yeah. where she, you know, have people assume she's successful, but it gets spread around the family tree and she doesn't yep. actually have all. So I like the autobi- auto kind of autobiographical piece at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm still making up my mind on her, Michael, as an artist. That's all. So don't worry that you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, I haven't come in here like, you know, the dogs from uh, A Christmas Story and just like torn apart the entire, um, you know, uh, banquet that was the meal. Even if you did, that's just your opinion, man. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's just my opinion. Um, Yeah. So, no, thank you for sharing that with me. That was a really fun time. Yeah. Next time I'll try to, I want to, I want to. I'm gonna have to knock your socks off next time because I feel like I had a miss and then a solid hit and then we're kind of like maybe this is a like a whiff like a bit of a t-ball situation yeah I think we made connection with this was a bunt this was a bunt 
a bunt. Okay. You know, I'll I still it. get the base, you know, it wasn't a home run and it wasn't a strikeout, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm on, I'm on first base waiting for the second, the second hitter to come out and bring me home. So, yeah, but thank you again for coming on, Lise. This is, you know, always a fun time. Uh, yes, I know yes, I'm always, I'm always in for a fun conversation uh, when you come on here. Um, True. So, yeah. I learn something new every time. I I love listening to things you send me. So there we go. Um, so yeah, is there anything you want to leave the listener with? Anything you want to promote or plug or um, you know any social media if you want people to connect with you? No. Okay. Um, Just making sure some people are like, oh yeah, you can find me here, there, and everywhere. Um, I would say, you know what? Sure. If you haven't read Not Wanted on the Voyage by Timothy Finley, the 2008 oh. Canada Reads book, it's really good. Love Go that book. Timothy, well, one of my favorite books from him is uh, Pilgrim. Um, yeah, I actually wrote a paper that got published about that uh, that novel. Um, so somewhere way in the crevices of, you know, the literary world, there's a paper with my name on it you never told anyone that i would just be telling people that all the time like, i don't know it never came up published i wrote a paper well i basically gave the title character of uh pilgrim a psychoanalysis of like actually being diagnosed with schizophrenia uh oh. specifically the paranoid schizophrenics oh. um and how he fits the bill across the board um if you apply the more modern approach because that whole book is like you know which approach to psychoanalytics is better is it the freudian or is it the jungian um uh yeah it was it was a lot of fun i i i love that book so so yeah uh but read not wanted not wanted on the voyage that's basically where god gives the middle finger to a whole bunch of animals they're like yeah you don't deserve to be saved well like you always think of um, the Ark as such a happy story full of cartoon animals and rainbows. And it's really, when you think about it, the worst possible thing that any um, being could do to another group of beings. So yep. Yep. it really makes that very crystal clear. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> I guess we'll end on that happy note. <laughs> Woo, memento Woo! mori. That's right. <laughs> um, so yes, thank you for coming on. Thank you all for listening. If you haven't already, rate this, share it with your friends, give it the five stars, give it a good message. If the uh, podcast uh, catcher that you are listening to allows that, and um, yeah, you know, uh, share the word, uh, share the word that we're finally back. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you all, and uh, just remember, keep sharing music.